Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. People love a conspiracy theory. Since very early on in the pandemic, there's been fierce debate about where COVID-19 originated. Did it come from a live animal market in Wuhan or leak from a lab in the Chinese city? Well, new research says the lab theory can now be, once and for all, put to bed. Today, world-leading viral evolution expert Edward Holmes on why he was suspicious of the market six years before COVID swept the world. I'm Professor Addie Holmes from the University of Sydney. I saw you um, described as uh, the virus hunter. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes it more glamorous than I really am, right? It's, it's, you know, you might imagine I'm out there in my car keys, you know, waiting for, you know, I'm actually at home, a laptop, my feet on my chair with a cup of coffee, really. So Much more civilised. I'm more, I, I think I call myself a virus spotter uh-huh. rather than a virus hunter, <laughs> right? I'd stick with hunter. All right. Eddie, can you remember the moment, the very moment, when we first heard reports that COVID had originated in a wet market in Wuhan? So I was actually scanning, surfing the web, and it was December the 31st, 2019, so New Year's Eve, and I came across um, as a, as a, <clears throat> a website called ProMed, and what ProMed does is they do like a daily like a news release um, on disease outbreaks in humans and animals. And I saw, there there it was, and it said four cases of pneumonia, unexplained pneumonia, in a live animal market in Wuhan in China. And I, I it immediately kind of rang alarm bells. Because I, I, in 2014, I actually went to this market. It's called the Huan and wholesale seafood market but the seafood bit is a bit, a bit misleading mm. because it contains lots and lots of animals and it's about the size of two soccer fields like an indoor market so it's pretty big and while i was there i noticed there are these live wildlife for sale particularly there was raccoon dogs remember them very well and i thought to myself god that's that's not quite right so raccoon dogs i, I knew because They've been associated with the emergence of SARS-1 back in 2002, 2003, if you can think that, remember that far back. I took, I took some photographs. And I said to my Chinese colleagues, you know, we should actually, this is a really interesting situation here, we should do some sampling of the animal market to see whether, what viruses animals have got and if, and if they're going to jump. Um, they didn't actually do that. They actually went and sampled a hospital instead. But it was, you know, I, I saw the market, and, and then alarm bells rang to a certain extent in my head. So you've taken some shots of these raccoon dogs. They've got you a little concerned about what's going on in that market. So when you heard reports that COVID had originated in this wet market, you were barely surprised, I suppose. Oh, yeah, look, the live animal markets and the live animal trade, which is not just in China, I should say, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of many countries do this, that's always been a risk for, for new diseases because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're putting humans and wildlife in close proximity to each other. I mean, the live wildlife. And they carry viruses like all species do. It was, when I saw it, it was, it was no surprise. It was, it was always going to happen at some point. 
and it happened. This morning, a World Health Organization scientist says samples taken from a wet market in Wuhan, China, show it likely played a role in the development of coronavirus. It's not uncommon for these sort of diseases to come out of wet markets. No, and SARS-1, the one in from 2002-2003, that was also from a live animal market, in, in this case in southern China. So no, there's a, there's a you know, these are the usual suspects of this sort of thing. Mm. If you're in the business of spotting new strains of flu or any other emerging disease, there's no place more important to watch than here. This is Guangdong province in southern China, what the scientists call pandemic central. It's not that surprising to you, but then things get a bit complicated, don't they? Because other theories also begin to emerge that the virus has come from a lab. Yeah, so, so, so this is obviously this has been central to my life for two and a half years now. So <laughs> the other thing about Wuhan, it's a very large city in the middle of in, in kind of central East China. It's about eleven million people. Um, it's very well connected, but it also has a number of research labs in, and it's one of the labs called the Wuhan Institute is a pretty large lab, and they do work on coronaviruses like SARS-CoV-2 that are found in bats. So there was always that kind of link that. You know, this, it, there's a coincidence that this virus has appeared in a city with a large lab that works on bat coronaviruses. And then in late January 2020, the, 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 the main group from that, that institute published a paper in the journal Nature where they showed, they'd sequenced the complete genome, you know, the, the blueprint of, 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 the, of SARS-CoV-2, the virus, but also of the closest relative, which was a bat virus from their own lab. And of course, at that point, people just said, oh, it's come from the lab. So that has then been this huge, well, an enormous global story of lots of politics involved now. And it's you know, a pretty ugly scene to be involved in, quite frankly. The question is, have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. You're talking about the virus and where it came from? No, we're going to see where it is. We're going to see where it comes from. Mm, it became very political. You know, Donald Trump jumped on it, but so did Scott Morrison, didn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, Scott Morrison, I mean, famously, China have basically pointed the finger at Scott, at Scott Morrison, our previous prime minister, for calling for an investigation into the origins. Now, it would seem entirely reasonable and sensible that the world would want to have an independent assessment of how this all occurred so we can learn the lessons and prevent it from happening again. To be fair, I mean, his comments for or for asking for an investigation of origins were pretty mild compared to Donald Trump calling it the China virus. And he, Trump's comments were much more incendiary than, than Scott Morrison's. I don't think Scott Morrison's were particularly unreasonable. And in the US, it's still going on. There are still um, co- congressional inquiries into the origin. There's, they're blaming the lab. It's, I mean, it's horrendous. Now, it's sadly, it's moved from being what it should be, a question of basic science into a question of global politics. So it's a very unfortunate situation. I mean, very, very unfortunate situation to be involved in. Now I want you to bring us to today and the investigation you've been part of for a number of years. You mentioned it's dominated your life for quite some time. What did you and your team set out to achieve? The problem with this, with this sort of work is we are entirely dependent on the data that's come out of China. I mean, that's it. We are, we are all just 
looking at what they've given us that what we've got available. So that makes it very difficult. But, but what we intended to do was take all that data and analyze it the best we, we could. The, the main thing we did was take um, in December, so the virus is first described in December 2019. And the first cases of people with COVID-19 are in Wuhan in December 2019. So we looked at those cases. We, we, have, their, we have their addresses. We have the kind of you know, information that these people. And we, we basically plot it on a map of Wuhan to make it kind of simple. And then you do various analyses to say, right, what factor explains the spatial distribution of those cases, right? So imagine taking Sydney, for example. You do the same thing. You just plot where people live in Sydney. And if you found a kind of hot spot around a particular location in Sydney, you might think, aha, that's where it's come from. So we, we did that in Wuhan. And what you find is there's a very, very strong clustering around the market. That's the epicenter, right? That's where the virus definitely kind of started spreading. Then once you go inside the market, again, it's about the size of two soccer fields. It's an indoor market, lots of these kind of market stores. When the market was closed in January the 1st, 2020, um, the Chinese authorities sent teams in to investigate what you know what the outbreak was caused by, and they they swabbed surfaces, they swabbed door handles, drains, gutters. There's frozen animals there, and they swabbed them and later tested those samples for the virus. If you then take the locations of the samples that tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 and put them on a map of the inside of the markets, so the different stalls what you find is there's a very strong clustering of the positive cases in the stalls in this kind of southwestern corner of the market. Lo and behold, that part of the market was where they were selling the live wildlife. And where I went to in 2014, where they were selling raccoon dogs and muskrats, that's exactly the same spot. And in fact, the stall that had the most positive results for SARS-CoV-2 was a stall that I photographed raccoon dogs in in 2014. Mm. So you, you feel even more confident now that the raccoon dogs is what where the virus originated from? We can't quite say what animals are involved. I saw raccoon dogs. It could be raccoon dogs, but there are a whole variety of species we know are being sold in that market at that time. So we can't quite find raccoon dog zero or muskrat zero because... I mean, and the sad thing was, it mean, it made sense at the time. Those animals were kind of cleared out of the market. And so we don't know, we, we haven't got samples from them. So your study, it's very conclusive that COVID-19 did not come from a lab. But do you think then that that puts to bed the idea that it might have can we stop hearing from people like Donald Trump about that now? We will never stop hearing from people like Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump about this. I mean, this is we have to accept the reality that this will not go away. It's now much bigger than, than COVID-19 origins. It's, it's become a political weapon. We, what we need to do is focus on a laser, you know, laser vision on the actual science. And to me, the science very strongly says it's from the market, not the lab. But, in, you know, I'm not naive enough to believe that that, that will silence the debate. Edward Holmes is from the University of Sydney. The research he was involved in was published in Science this month and had been peer-reviewed. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield. 
Additional production by Sydney Peed, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.